Here's Buddy Franklin knocked away by Morris. Couldn't mark it. Naismith, Kennedy, handball out to Buddy. Buddy tackled by Morris. Goal! Dropping the ball. Boyd took the advantage and played on from inside the centre square. Boyd's kicked the goal. Boyd's oh! kicked the goal from inside the centre. I can't believe that. Boyd has kicked the goal. Welcome to the SC Playbook podcast, going into round 24 of the 2023 AFL season. Can you believe it, fellas? We're nearly at the end. Uh, as always, we're proudly brought to you by Pat and George from Mortgage Choice SCW. My name is Eddie Dads. I'm going to be hosting the podcast as usual this evening. Joining me, probably the two best in the business, a couple of guys who are absolutely flying in Supercoach at the moment. Some big trades on the run home. I'm keen to discuss some of the moves that these guys have made over the last few weeks. Uh, joining me on uh, on one end of the podcast dial is Stevie Nico, coach of Lovesky FC, overall runner-up in 2021. Nico, how are things over at Lovesky FC? Yeah, not too bad, Eddie. Thanks for having me on again. Um, look, things are good. Back at work, I've had a, a few days off sick, so back into the swing of things, I'm I'm out in lovely Rochester and Echuca this week for work, so little uh, little field trip, which should be fun. Beautiful. Um, so yeah, looking forward to that. Lovely. I've just returned from the uh, the glorious town of Grenfell in New South Wales, home of Claire Hunt, Socceroo, uh, Matilda legend. Uh, so just got to have to give Grenfell a shout out on the pod. I'm sure they'll be listening out there. They couldn't give two hoots about the AFL, quite frankly. <laughs> Had to get it in there. And joining me on the other end of the podcast style is uh, is the SC Bandit. He's blowing up on Twitter as always. He's replying to feisty little messages I see every now and then, Bandit. Not afraid of a little, a little clap back every now and then on Twitter, which I love. Uh, how are you this evening? I'm good, mate. Good to be on for the uh, final week of the uh, Supercoach season. I'm still alive in uh, one of my cash leagues, which is which is good. Nice to try and win a little bit of cash for, for the season to make it all worth it. But uh, yeah, looking forward to one final chat for, for 2023. Really didn't love the suggestion on, on that you saw on Twitter, Bandit, of the, the loan idea for trades in Supercoach. You really weren't a fan of that one, were you? Oh, I mean, how, how does it work, really? Like, just rewarding people for just trading way too much to start the year i don't know leave the game as it is i feel i feel like most of us are in agreement are in agreement that that's not a great idea to be honest i I really really hope that there are no big changes for next season i I, kind of in the camp that i think we had too many trades this season i I think we need to go back and cut it back again nico i'm on the right track there yeah potentially that'll make the yeah the game uh, a bit more uh, strategic Uh, absolutely yeah I, i wouldn't mind seeing that Unfortunately, it's probably going to head the other way, isn't it? Um, but that's something we're going to have to deal with as it comes. Uh, boys, it'd be remiss of me not to mention at this point in the podcast, for those playing at home, it's taken me two and a half minutes to mention that I kicked seven goals on the weekend in the C4s. So <laughs> uh, I think the the under is definitely cashed there. Uh, yeah, it was uh, quite the performance. I was telling you guys off air, bloke got four red cards given against me on the weekend, which is, yeah, good I was going, I think. Try to chop got me down my prime. Skin. Yeah, yeah, got under his skin. So, uh, yeah, Charlie, if you're listening, that one's a shout out to you. Uh, boys, I want to, before we jump into the meat of the podcast, I, I do want to find out how we went over the weekend. You two had a big matchup going in our SC Playbook Contributors League, which I was following very, very closely. Uh, Nico got the chocolates. I could tell because of the way he's dancing in the camera there. Nico, run us through the matchup. How did it play out? Uh, it went down to the wire, actually. So I think I needed um, 160 points from Brayshaw and Petrarca in the last sort of couple of games there. And it was looking a little bit dicey at, at halftime, but um, managed to to pull away from Bandit in the end. Uh, the cream rises to the top, eh, Nico? <laughs> if 
quite quite often, but not not always. <laughs> Bandit is the fair fair summation of the of the match. Uh, Nick Newman couldn't quite drag you over the line. No, Callum. Well, hard to hard to win when you've got the boulder attached to your to your ankle. That is Callum Mills, unfortunately. Oh he, my god! It was uh, the difference between me and the win. Unfortunately, if I'd played. Uh, Marcus Windhager on field instead of Cal Mills, I would uh, would have got the chocolates. Wow, so, yeah, that's how <laughs> hard it was. So, yeah, too too strong on the day, Nico. But uh, yeah, I'm a bit dirty on Cal Mills. I've got a got a bullet for him later on. What has happened to Callum Mills, Bennett? Because I saw, I, I, I mean, I was watching that game as everyone else was on Saturday night, and he was attending centre bounces, and you know, it's not. I mean, we, we've been we've been blaming the role for most of this year, but it it looked kind of looked like he had the role that we wanted. On Saturday night, at least. So, what's going on? Yeah, I didn't. Uh, I didn't catch the game. I did sort of see a bit of chat that he was running with Jordan Dawson in the first half, potentially. So he might have just sort of put his energy into that. But yeah, I think he's just become that sort of jack of all trades, master of none. Unfortunately, um, horse seems to like playing him here, there, and everywhere in terms of the in terms of the Swans lineup. So um, yeah, not really sure. How he's going to get back to the uh, the glory days of last year? Really, if he keeps um, if he keeps filling that role for them, he's gonna he's gonna struggle to get back to those um, one twenty averages or whatever he was averaging last year. Eighty eight percent CBAs. So yeah, dish out of thirty odd or something. It's Ish. unbelievable. He, I mean, I think he got got twelve of those points late in the last quarter as well, so you it could have been worse. You know what's happened? I think he must have listened to last week's pod. <laughs> he was on the never again list and he said, yeah. I might as well just give up like, yeah exactly if I can't get into Nico's team what's the use yeah. um, turn out, out now Cal if you're listening <laughs> uh, more, more importantly Nico than the matchup with Bandit how are you going in the overall rankings because uh, you've been quite cock a hoop to start this week I'm guessing you, you've risen up a little bit we're top 1000 on the cards Oh, look, yeah it's getting close uh, I, I went up 222 spots so the rank sits at 1106, so I need to, to jump up another 90-odd spots. Um, or what is it? No, maybe 100 spots now because it's 1011 where you get a pair of socks, isn't it? Cause the it is. 11 secret herbs and spices. So, yeah, look, it's close. I'll, I just need another week where I'll maybe, you know, pull out a, another sort of score close to 2590 like I got this week. It's huge. I could only squeeze out a two four one eight, um, which dropped me uh, pretty comfortably back down from my perch of last week. I'm three thousand seven hundredth for the year. So overall, I'll take it. Not stoked. Not unhappy. Um, it's going to be a nice, nice little awaken, awakening, wake up call after last year. I reckon, Nico. Yeah, and we actually play each other in the grand final, so we that'll do. be um, a big game. We do. I'm very excited. I, for once, I just need to nail my captaincy calls. <laughs> it's, it's all I need to do. I've just it killed me this year. It's absolutely killed. Why did I go Clayton Oliver? Um, anyway, boys, we've been doing the uh, the SC playbook most and least valuable players of the year. This year, um, we've been each dishing out some votes week on week for the guys that we think are the most and the least valuable in any given week. So I'm going to start us off with uh, with my votes. One is going to go to Jack Sinclair for the MVP. Uh, he was absolutely brilliant. I stupidly did an All-Australian draft team the other day. Uh, and left him off it, and just to rub it in my face, he uh, he pumped out one of those scores that you know he, he's definitely getting a blazer this year. Uh, two votes go to Rowan Marshall, uh, who was absolutely excellent as we all thought he would be against the Cats, uh, and then three votes go to Briggsy, Nico's boy Briggsy, who uh, just tore up my Bombers, just absolutely ripped them up, uh, along with half the GWS team as well. We were just an abysmal performance by the Dons, but uh, that's the way the cookie crumbles. Those are my most valuable player of the week votes. Before we get to yours, Ben. Please tell us what you scored on the weekend and where you're sitting ranking-wise. Yeah, thanks for thanks for remembering, mate. Uh, 
Yeah, I scored 2,552 for the week. Um, so that puts me up to 1,808 overall Ooh. for the season, which is a season, season high for me thus far. So tracking in the right direction at just the, just the right time. Um, hopefully one more rankings rise to come uh, in round 24, but we'll, we'll see how we go. Um, your Nick, your Nick Dacos to to Nick Newman trade is just looking like an all time legendary move that's that's been pulled off over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, it's been a very handy one, and then also um, trading Matt Rowell about a month ago for Zach Butters has worked out mm. very nicely as well. Butters has gone on a bit of a bit of a tear in the last two or three weeks, so that's been a, a very helpful one as well. Um, but yeah, in terms of MVP votes, um, nothing too. Drastic for me, gave three to Bont, did exactly what we thought he might do against um, West Coast, even though, the, even though the Bullies didn't get the chocolates there, he was he was dominant. Um, gave two to Marshall as well, um, was was super against Geelong on, on Saturday night. Um, I was spewing that we didn't have really anyone, or mm. I didn't have anyone that I could loophole him with. No, that I, was, I was really keen on a, on a Marshall-English-BCC combo this week, but couldn't um, couldn't find a loophole, unfortunately, so had to go with... Um, with Dunkley in the in the first game of the round, which didn't work out, um, and then gave one vote to uh, the greatest Supercoach rookie of all time, Harry Harry Sheasel, uh, five round average of 113 now over the last uh, last five games. So hopefully he can give us one more good score this week with um, with No Zebel to compete with. Yeah, indeed. Gee, uh, yeah, you're lucky. We're like, we're lucky you missed out on that chat last week, Bandit, because you're you're heavily on the uh, the Harry Sheasel greatest of all time rookie bandwagon, aren't you? I'm all in. I'm all in on Sheasel. He's been very, very good. He has indeed. Nico, your most valuable player of the week votes? I've gone one to Zach Butters for his 129. He is right in the chat now for the for the uh, Brownlow. So I reckon he's probably had three three vote games in a row now. So he's he's storming home. Uh, two to Rowan Marshall for his 141. And three to Bont. Look, I was quite happy to throw away the vice captain this week. So um, I had it on merit and I was actually quite happy that it didn't hit because I wanted Bont. So, um, yeah, 162. Thank you very much. It's going to be very interesting, Brownlow night, just going back to your Zach Butters call because, yeah, by all accounts, Butters and Rosie are sort of going to be around that that 20 vote mark. Uh, yeah, one of them's going to win a Brownlow at some point, those boys, because they are fantastic. It's just a shame that they're going to take votes off each other. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but, you know, they, they have been winning, so they're, they're probably going to get a bit more of the pie. So, yeah, look, if, if Butters is within 10 votes of of Dacos when he goes down, it's it's probably his. But then... Mm, could be on. Yeah, yeah, it could be on. Does yep. Bond get three for that game on the weekend, Bandit? Oh, I don't know. Jamie Cripps kicked five in, a, in, a, in what was a McQueen performance. So, look, I, I'd be surprised if, if he got three. Um, given they lost, if if they'd won, I think he was probably a lock for three. But I don't know how you can go past a guy kicking five straight in a in a winning side that only won by a couple of kicks. Like that's pretty that's pretty much the difference in the game, really. Yeah, Tim Kelly was pretty awesome too. Yeah, Tim Kelly was elite as well for, for West Coast, and McGovern was pretty good as well. To be honest, he was probably BOG if he wasn't. Um, I think he went off injured for a fair bit of the first quarter, but he yeah. was he was pretty dominant as well. It's going to be such an interesting Brownlow count. Uh, least valuable player votes. I mean, I could have nominated half my team here. I've exempted Mason Redmond from this because I think I've had him in there every second week this year. So he's exempt this week, even though he scored 56. I've gone with one to James Sicily. Uh, yeah, hasn't really panned out that trade-in. Uh, he's been excellent for a couple of weeks, terrible for ter- for another couple. So that, um, yeah, I'm going to chalk that up as a loss. Sam Doherty gets two. Um, he's entering never again list territory for me. Uh, just, yeah, just really frustrating, really annoying player to watch. And Carlton, are, it, when Carlton are good, 
Doherty doesn't get much of the ball. It's just as simple as that. Um, it's when they're chipping it around in the back line and looking like shit, that's when he is scoring well. So, yeah, can't see him getting much of it going forward. And three goes to Clary, uh, who I captained. Um, I oh. thought I thought he was going to break through the stupid Finn McGuinness tag. God, I hate Hawthorne. They just <laughs> suck. Why would they do that? I'm firmly with Goody. Cut the crap out, Bandit. It's shit. Oh, that's sour grapes from you, Eddie. And from Goody as well, seriously. Well, those comments after the game were... No, I know. Terrible. But yeah, 84 for Clary was not how I wanted to finish my weekend, especially after I'd just seen Bond put up a 162. So that wasn't ideal. And yeah, I've only got myself to blame. Uh, Bandit, your least valuable votes? Yeah, pretty uh, cut and dry for me this week. Count Mills gets the three. My worst trade My worst trade in of the year by a pretty fair distance. Um, cost me the win against Nico on the weekend, so no more. Uh, gave two to Doherty as well. Um, I feel like we just might have seen the seen the best of him in, yeah. in years gone by, and he might be a bit over the hill now. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing him win a flag because he's one of the good guys of the competition, but um, yeah, I just don't think his role's there anymore, unfortunately. And uh, I gave one to a guy who didn't even play on the weekend, but LDU uh, burnt all the coaches again who brought him in over the last few weeks by being a layout out on Saturday Arvo. So that would have been very annoying if you, uh, if like me, you play local footy and you didn't um, didn't see the news that he was out. You would have been very, very frustrated with that. So he gets one. Yeah, we had a, a poor guy in one of my cash leagues uh, with my schoolmates back home. He was living in England and he, he, was the, he was in a prelim final. He, he was devastated. It was the first time all year he'd been caught out by the, the time zone and it was freaking LDU that cost him. So, yeah, prayers out for Bilalis if you listen to this one. Uh, Nico, what about your least valuable votes? Uh, I've given one to Connor Rosie for his 75. Just couldn't break that Hayden Young tag who's um, who's getting pretty good at that, that job. Uh, two to Jared Witts for his subpar 89 just continues to pain me. Um, I just, I don't, why did they have a buy? Why did, why were they the only team to have a buy? I, I wouldn't have had him all half or well, the whole half of the season if they didn't have that stupid buy. And I would have just had Briggs at R2. Briggs a. So <laughs> or, that, or English that really annoys me. Yeah. Um, Sam Doherty for three, um, 64 is obviously not cutting the mustard and spoke about him last week. Um, he's in my never again list and as an inside mid 68% disposal efficiency, he's just, yeah, he, he's just not an inside mid. So no. it's going to be interesting to see with, um, Chera and, and Walsh back in this week to see what kind of role he goes back to. So. Mm. I'm intrigued. Do they push him up to a wing? I mean, because Nick Newman and Saad, mm. you've got them off half back. You don't really need Doherty back there. I, I really don't know where he fits at the moment. Yeah, I might have to drop Chincotta or something. And Yeah, I'm not sure. He's pretty good one-on-one, so maybe you just put him in a back pocket and mm. let him run off when he can. Uh, boys, it's been a long AFL season already, and if your super coach team has been stinking it up and you've been dreaming about cocktails on the beach in Mexico, eating gelato in Rome, or not being able to remember half your time in Vegas with the boys, Pat and George from Mortgage Choice can help get you there. Whatever you want to do and wherever you'd like to go, you can speak to the boys today about how you can get quick and easy access to cash at the lowest rate possible so you can book that last minute flight today. Message the boys on their Instagram handle at Pat and George Mortgage Choice to get it sorted. You can also jump into any of the articles on the SC Playbook website for their email, phone contact, or QR code details. And please remember, if you do mention the SC Playbook podcast, then you won't pay their usual $129 fee. We thank them for all their support this season. Uh, 
couple of big questions I want to get to today, boys. Uh, it's a bit of we're, we're reaching the end of the season. I'm going to guess that not many people have trades. Uh, we don't really have that much to discuss on that front. So we're looking a little bit more to the rogue end of things for, for things to talk about today. And I'm really excited about a couple of these topics. But before we get into the new topics for today, Bandit, I did want to give you a chance firstly to go back and give us your never again list. Uh, Nico, you and I have already provided ours mm-hmm. last week. Uh, we gave a few pot shots out at a few boys. Uh, Mason Redmond is is now officially on the never again list after I said I probably wouldn't not ne- I wouldn't never again him last week. He's officially on there now. Bennett, who who you got? I mean, you, you've had you already mentioned a couple of the guys that have given you grief this season. I'm assuming they're gonna they're gonna rear their ugly heads in this little segment. Yeah, I didn't want to uh, back over the guys who got talked about on the pod last week. I know some of the um, some of the boys like uh, Doherty and Cameron and and these sorts of players were on the list for Nico and, and Chief. So, um, yeah, I won't back over those guys. I've decided to cast it in a little bit wider and delve into some some controversy. Oh, I like Eventually, I've found, found three players who um, were pretty popular starting picks this year and, um, yeah, just didn't quite pan out. And I think that we've probably, um, yeah, seen the best of them from a super coach point of view. So, uh, yeah, starting in defence, um, I was thinking about it today of, of the player who he reminds me of, and I've penciled him in as, as Daniel Rich 2.0. Mm. And that's, uh, that's Hayden Young out at uh, oh, Rio. I like it so much. So uh, there's, a couple of, well, there's a couple of reasons for that, and I feel like it makes sense. So he's obviously started his career at halfback, um, really struggles to score with Luke Ryan being the sort of main guy down at halfback. They've moved him into the midfield in the last sort of month, five, six weeks. And he's been pretty good, but let's be honest, like he's always going to be that third stringer behind, you know, Brayshaw and, and Sarong. You know, they're the two main guys in the midfield. So I just kind of question what, he's, what his ceiling is going to be like. And they've obviously used him as a tagger as well, which is not great for, for scoring as well. So, yeah, I just, um, I just feel like he'll always be, you know, a, a nice player, but he'll, he'll just go around average. He's sort of 90 to 95 every year and he won't probably reach the heights of... Um, some other uh, defensive primos like Dacos, for example, who's got the the perfect super coach role. So he's um he's one that I've found. Bandit, you've you've, you've played you've played perfectly into one of my favourite footy theories, which is that if you've got a left foot and you can kick the ball half decently, prepare to be overrated for your entire career. Uh, and I think Hayden Young fits perfectly into that character because God, he looks good coming off that halfback flank with his left foot and he's magnificent. But then like I watched him on the weekend and he's missing set shots from 30 metres out on a slight angle. I mean, yeah, I'm with you. I won't be starting with him. Nico, you're shaking your head. I don't know. Three round average of 118. Three <laughs> three tonnes on the bounce against Brisbane and Port in there as well. No, no don't, bring, don't, bring log, don't bring logic into this, Nico. Bit harsh. He's had a shocking year apparently. He's averaging 93. But okay, no worries. <laughs> that's that's like his feeling though. Like he's averaging 118 for his last three, and his season average is only 93. Like, how old is he? He's only he's only young. I'll, I'll give him that. He's only young, but yeah, I'm I'm not convinced. On what I've seen this year, I'm I'm not convinced. I absolutely love it, Bandit. I'm gonna be. Yeah, you better hope you never bring in Hayden Young to any of your teams. <laughs> he's, 20, he's 22. <laughs> oh, he's had plenty of time, Nico. That's old. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, Chief potted Nick Martin last week. Nick Martin's yeah. twenty one, isn't he? Been on a list for thirteen months. Yeah. <laughs> He's only done one preseason. Yeah. So stiff. Um, yeah, moving on to to mids. So I found a, a DPP player for for midfield. Um, 
I'll read out some stats, boys. So I'm interested to, to hear your thoughts on what you think a player with these stat lines would, would score. And Nico, I think in, you know who this is going to be once I read out the, the stats. But um, So the first one's 30 touches and two goals, 33 disposals and four goals, 35 disposals and two goals, and 23 disposals and three goals. If I, if I told you that the player didn't turn up in, what was it? He didn't turn up in one of those games. He didn't reach 120 in another. Would, would that surprise you with those that, that ones? That would shock yeah, me. That would surprise me, yep. Well, that's exactly what Tim Taranto did this year. <laughs> Two of those games, he didn't... Well, one game didn't register a ton. He only got 91 for the game that he had 23 and kick three. And then the other game where he had 30 and kick two, he had 118 points. Is your take here, Bandit, that Tim Taranto is a bad kick of the footy? I think I've yeah. heard that one before. Yeah, Nico's been a vocal critic of um, of this man throughout the season in the in the group chat. I've defended him to a point because he's actually in my draft team as well, so I've I've felt a little bit of of a need to to protect him. But yeah, look, like he just he chops the footy up like like no one I've ever seen. Um, and for for a guy who can produce those sorts of performances where he gets a stack of and kicks goals, um, the fact that he hasn't posted a score of 150 or more this year is um is pretty disappointing to be honest. So. He's been a great pick this year, I think, um, because of his starting price and everyone was jumping on him. So he was a, a bit of a risk-free pick. But yeah, given that he's going to lose his DPP next year, I don't see how we can how we can be picking him with um, with his disposal efficiency the way it is. It's it's funny, Eddie, how things turn. I, I vividly remember saying that he's not a captaincy option after he kicked four goals and didn't break the one forty. I think it was. You did. Yeah, you did say that, and I got slammed for it. You did. Utterly yeah. slammed for you it. You did. You did indeed. Uh, Timmy, Timmy's good. I think he's. I think he's one of those players. Is if he's your best player in your team, like if you're Richmond and he's your best midfielder, I think you're in a bit of trouble. But if he's if he's if he's your second or third or stringer, I think that's where you want him to be. He's just yeah, you just can't trust him with the ball in hand. It's 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 horrible to watch. His his technique isn't there. Like he kind of drops it with two hands, and yeah, it looks horrible. I like that one, Banner. That's two from two for you. Yeah, nice. I'm a bit worried about the Tigers, to be honest. I think as a as a Hawthorne supporter, I've seen this movie before where. Clubs try and um, prolong their stay at the top by bringing in a couple mm. of players from other clubs and giving away all their all their draft picks, and didn't work out very well in the original. I don't, not sure the sequel is going to be much better for for the Tigers. Unfortunately, they could be in for a bleak um, couple of years. But uh, anyway, uh, moving on to the um, to the forwards. So, found a, uh, a super coach Hall of Famer for, for my last one. This this is a guy who's averaged. Uh, north of 120 in multiple Supercoach seasons, um, but I think it's come to. I think it's time that we come to the realization that Luke Beveridge has ruined Jack McRae as yeah. a Supercoach option. Um, yeah. They subbed him out on the weekend tactically. They yeah. thought he was going yeah. that badly that they subbed him out. I just I, I can't fathom that for a guy who had a a streak of what 60 games or something with 20 or more touches. How do you how do you push him to the point where he can't get that in a game by just throwing him in the guts. It doesn't make any sense to me. Everything that's happening at the Bulldogs is bizarre to me at the moment. I don't understand any of it. Um, He's I, a mad I, scientist, isn't he, Bevo? Well, just, yeah, so, I don't know. I went back and watched the 2016 prelim highlights against GWS earlier this week, just because it's one of the best games I've ever seen. And I can't believe what they were getting out of some of the cattle that they had in that team. Like, Ace Cordy, Clay, Clay Smith kicked four and a half. Like they had some absolute spuds running around, and somehow Bevo's revved him up to be the best team on the planet. So I don't know what it is. I think he's, I think he's tactically terrible. Just has this ability, this aura 
to, to get players up and about. But yeah, Jack McRae is cooked. Put a put a fork in him. He is done. Yeah, I think I think he will be a DPP next year. So I think a lot of people will get sucked to him, sucked into him for that reason. Um, and roles, as we as we know, are, are temporary. They they can change over the course of a season. But yeah, just the way Bevo is going about it at the moment, I just don't see how he's going to get that role back with you know Montepelli and and Liber in there, and obviously trying to squeeze guys like you know Bailey Smith and you know the next generation of players coming through. I'm just not really sure where he fits into that um, mix, to be honest. Bit of a, a bit of a titch subbing about it, I reckon. Maybe just wanting to get a bit more like quicker ball movement and that kind of thing. And maybe he's just a bit slow these days. Mm. Yeah. yeah, he could be a bit slow. I mean, like he's, I mean, he does cover a lot of ground, but he's a bit like sort of Andrew Gaff, I guess, in the sense that like he doesn't, Shuffles along. He's, he's not, he's not a sort of breakout, break the lines kind of player. Um, he's a bit more of a, not a plotter, but just sort of gets around the ground at his own, at his own pace. That's very well done from you, Bandit. Three from three. Can't believe it. Um, he's he's kind of made a mockery of our of our of our session last week, Nico. I think those those three names he's come up with are, are pretty spicy. I really like it. Uh, firing, absolutely firing, <laughs> absolutely firing. Uh, second segment in our big topics uh, in our big topic segment this week is is one I thought I took from uh, Marrera's magic on Twitter, uh, the great Selby, uh, one of the goats of the fantasy world. He posed sort of a statement more so than a question, but. Uh, I've, I've turned it into a question for the purpose of this podcast. I want you guys, I've asked you guys to come prepared with three players that you thought were no good, but are actually good. Um, and Selby's given a, a huge list of players on, on Twitter, which I hope you guys have steered away from because there's there's some common names in there. I mean, Jeremy Finlayson, he's got in there. Zach Guthrie is a, is a common one that I've heard a lot of Cats fans who wrote off Zach Guthrie to start with, but have now come around to him. But yeah, I want to hear what you guys what you guys think of some players that just on first glance you thought were, were terrible uh, that have come good. I'm going to start us off, and it's one from this year. Uh, I saw Ollie Hollands play his first two games for Carlton. I was like, nah, no good. Doesn't have it. He's soft. All he can do is run. You know, not that good of a kick. Terrible. Looks about 17 years old. He sucks. He's come good in a big way. I'm a big. I'm a. I'm a full 180 on Ollie Hollands. I think he's a, he's a player. He's going to be a really really good player for Carlton in the future. So he's my first one. Nico, what have you? Uh, where have you gone with this? Um, so is that your, like the third option? Like, yeah, that's my third. Yeah. Right. That's my third. Cool. All right. So I've got Mitchell Hinge. So mm. I thought he was just like a bit of a, I don't know, bit of a so-so fringe kind of. Just an athlete. Player, mind, mind the pun. Yeah. Just like, but he's playing like wing half back and had a look at his super coach he's price tough. and he's 518k. How did he get is up he there? Yeah. He? Oh <laughs> <laughs> I've got a bit of a super coach lens on it as well, but oh, yeah, okay. I was, yeah. So yeah, Mitchell Hinch. What about your third bandit? Uh, a bit harsh because he's been pretty good the last couple of years, but Josh Dacos has just mm. sort of elevated himself, and I'm sure Nico can can speak to this a bit as well. But just felt like before Nick got to the club, he was just a bit of a fringe player. I was in the VFL a bit, was sort of in for two weeks, out for out for a couple, and that that sort of stuff, but. Yeah, since since Nick's been there, he's really elevated himself. And to be honest, if they're picking the Australian team with two genuine wingers, he'd be he'd be right in that conversation for for one of those two spots. Yeah, ever since like the second half of last year, he's really elevated. I got offered him in draft last year, and I was like, no, I don't yeah. know him. He's just been a gun ever since. It's a great call because I sort of had him lumped in in that like Callum Brown range of like sort of that small, you know, does some crafty things every now and then, but can't sustain it. That's a, yeah, another really good one from you, Bandit. My number two, this is kind of a weird one because he kind of, I thought he was good, then I thought he was bad, and now I think he's good again. And that's Matt Crouch for the Crows. 
Um, I wrote, had written him off as an AFL player probably 18 months ago. I thought he burnt it. And I think since then, I've sort of just come to appreciate, you know, not everyone can get 35 touches in an AFL game week on week. And I think there's some value to that. Uh, so I've been really glad to see Matt Crouch come back around. And yeah, Crows fans now love him, don't want to get rid of him. I suspect they will get rid of him anyway. Uh, but he's, he's at worst, he's, he's got bumped his trade value up over the last couple of weeks. So yep. yeah, well done to Matt Crouch. Nico, you're number two. Um, I don't know how to pronounce his first name. Is it Giran? Giran Myers from Geelong? Brian. Brian? <laughs> Isn't it Lionel? <laughs> yeah, great or messy. No idea. Uh, but yeah, obviously, like, you know, his kicking style and I, like at the start of the year, I was kind of like, I, I don't like this guy one bit, but I've actually come to appreciate what he does. Um, and yeah, obviously it's well spoken about the, the amount of assists that he's, that he's had and, you know, score involvements and all that kind of thing. So really important to the Cats team. I'm going to so, zig on that take for you, Nico. I, I'm still not there on Grian. Yep. He can have all the goal assists in the world, but he's, he's kicking 0.3 goals per game this year as a small forward. Like, I mean, you, you, you can have 50 goal assists if you want, but if you're not kicking goals as a small forward, uh, I just don't rate it. I don't want to see him in the All-Australian team. Um, it's a good story, but I'm not there with it. Mm. Pretty good super coach season too. Like, he's, Been solid. He's, He's up nearly 500k as well somehow. So. I just, I just yeah. hate I hate the kicking style. I can't do yeah, it. Yeah, same. Yeah, I hate it. Uh, Bandit, you're two. Yeah, I'm kind of with you there on on grind. Um, number two for me, uh, Nick Blakey. Uh, always, always just yeah, sort of thought of him as you know one of these like anonymous back flankers who you know whose dad was good at footy and that's how he's ended up on an AFL <laughs> list. But, um, yeah, he's, he's become a real sort of weapon for, for Sydney these days and it's hard to miss him with that sort of distinctive running style and the, the mullet. It's a bit, of a bit of an 80s throwback, I guess. But, um, yeah, he's, he's a pretty fun player to watch these days because he, he loves taking it on and um, kicks kicks a few darts. So, uh, yeah, he's a good player to watch. He might be my favourite nickname in world sport, I reckon, the Lizard. It's just It just could not fit him any more perfectly. I've always kind of thought he, he's going to be a good super coach option at some point, but he just needs to stop. They play him as a tall defender way too often for my liking. They need to get more size back there. If they do, he'll be he'll be a good looking, I reckon. Uh, my top player that I thought was no good that has come good uh, is Liam Baker from Richmond. Um, I thought Baker was just an annoyance. I thought he was sort of, you know, the sort of Stevie Milne, just, you know, jumper punching and being a bit of a, a pest on the field. I thought that was all he was good for. He's courageous. He can kick. Uh, he can. He's good overhead. Uh, I think he's fantastic. Uh, and the only reason, Bandit, that I I still kind of have some hope with Richmond is that I think they, they still have that development system. They can still develop a player like Liam Baker, who was crap for his first couple of years and, and turn him into a guy that's really, really good. So, yeah, Liam Baker's my my number one pick for those guys. I really, really like him. Uh, Nico, who's your number one? I've got Mason Wood as my Ooh, good oh, one. Nico, you stole mine. <laughs> <laughs> No way. What are the chances? Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Uh, so he's had a good year. Great, great minds, Nico. Great minds. Absolutely. Look, at the start of the year, I was like, oh, nah. Like, he had three straight tons. I was like, fake primo. He's no good. Um, but look, he's... Look, since those three, he's he hasn't really set the world on fire up until recently. So he's had one, two, three, four, five, five tons out of the last six, I think it is. One, two, three, or four out of the last five. So... Yeah, he's. Um, I think he's he's pretty courageous. He he can take a mark. He covers the ground really really well. Um, he does. From what I've seen, like he can, you know, he get a possession, you know, in the back pocket, and then all of a sudden he's in the forward pocket having a shot at goal. Um, and he and he's he's generally pretty good in front of the sticks as well. So yeah, I quite like him as a player. 
It's funny how Ross Lyon has a habit of turning these guys who you know, look like also runs at other clubs and not much good to you know guys who play a really meaningful role within the team that he coaches. And, and you're spot on with, with how much ground he covers. He's unbelievable in the, just the sheer work rate that he has to get up and down the ground. And he often plays that um, sort of defensive wing line role where he's sort of running back to, to help their defence out and that sort of thing. I saw him get back and um, have a big fist over the top, I think, Hawkins, I think it was, um, yeah. in the third quarter yeah. when, when the game was up for grabs a bit in the in the third quarter, I think it was. So, yeah, he's just been a, a terrific um you know, role player, I guess, but a really meaningful role player at the Saints this year. To be fair to his sort of early career, he's, I think he was riddled with injuries for sort of most of his early time in the Kangaroos system especially uh, and has just come good with with one good year of, uh, of footy under his belt. I know Nico's taken your number one there, Bandit, but have you got anyone else that, that you want to chuck in the mix? Yeah, probably probably one more. This this might be a little bit harsh, but but Caleb Sarong, I think, has gone to a new level that I didn't really think he was he was capable of. Um, obviously, a, a smaller sort of guy, and we've seen you know traditionally over the last maybe five or ten years, those smaller mids really struggle with the the bigger bodies starting to come into the into the game. But um, yeah, he's really elevated himself into that top bracket of midfielders this year, and Freo probably needed him too, given that they. They got rid of Mundy, but um, yeah, he's he's taken a step that I didn't think he was capable of. So um, yeah. fair play to him. Similar to Chera, I reckon they they've really elevated both those guys. Yeah, Chera was one I thought about as well. Actually, yeah, I've already bestowed one future Brownlow call on this podcast, and Callum Sarong is also a future Brownlow medalist. He's a he's a star, no buts about it. Uh, great segment, boys. On to the last of the big topics this evening. Um, I've just asked I've asked you boys. It's time to for a bit of a reflection on the 2023 season as we approach the end of it. So I just wanted to to discuss what we think our lessons that we've taken out of this season are and maybe what some of the moves you, you loved from yourself and some of the moves that you didn't love so much. So I want to start us off with your one big lesson of season 2023. The one thing that you're going to take out of this year. Nico, as a former yeah. runner-up, your, your opinion matters in these parts. What's, what's the lesson you're going to be taking forward with you? Well, I've got a couple. One's probably... No, one that I didn't listen to last year that I probably had in the same segment, but um, mind the language. But but <laughs> the first one is don't automatically get a raging hard on for guys <laughs> playing more midfield minutes. Yeah. So guys like Sam Doherty, um, you know, comes to mind. It doesn't automatically just mean free points. Um, and so yeah, I. I I've traded out Doherty and traded in Doherty probably because he's playing midfield as a defender and that's sort of, you know, been in my head um, as, as a way to just, you know, get ahead of the pack. So I think I remember yeah. you saying this exact same thing this time last year, Nico. I probably did, yeah, and probably the next point as well. So maybe maybe listen to what I say should be on here as well. And your next point? Um, be more patient with the fringe players um, okay. and guys that I've got, you know, on my, on my pine. So... I've got this habit. If they're a sub once, I'm like, all right, well, they're they're out of the team, kind of thing. But then they could actually work their way back into the side or or have an injury. So just don't panic sell. Just just maybe you know give it a, an extra week or, or two. Guys like um, you know Chesser, Johnson, Chincotta, um, they would be giving me like some pretty good cover right now. So um, and guys that I've moved on and really got nothing, no value from trading them. That's that's my that was my major lesson as well was being patient with guys. But I was thinking about it this afternoon, and you, you know, I mean, there's that side of the coin where you want to be patient with a guy like you know, for example, Harry Sheasel, who I traded out early, or Will Ashcroft, who busted out a couple of times after I traded him. But for every one of those, you know, there's another guy that 
you, you do sell at the peak and it was a good trade. And it, it's very hard to make that determination. So it's all well and good to say be patient, but you also need to pull the trigger as well, um, which is a very hard balance to find. Yeah, sometimes just an extra week, you know, could make all the difference though. So yeah, it's a tough one. Absolutely agree. And you're in you're in that mode of just trying to keep that, you know, that one up, one down going and and you know, trying to maximize cash and all that kind of thing at that stage of the year too. So that that plays a part. Indeed. Uh Bandit, what have you learned from this season? Yeah, I've probably got um probably got three main points um that I've sort of found looking looking back. Um the first one being Kind of similar to, to Nico, but but role is king in, in this game. Um, you know, guys like Golden, Marshall, Jordan Dawson, Tom Green, Harry Sheasel were all great starting picks because their roles were, were pretty much, you know, bolted down and you know, they, they played accordingly in the in the practice matches and all the preseason stuff that we saw from them. So that kind of led everyone to jumping on them. But, you know, realistically they were good picks because the role was there. And, you know, for Sam Doherty, for example, you know, he started out as you know, a defender mid, and then got injured, then got thrown around a bit because Carlton weren't playing that well, and then they had some injuries, so he's kind of become a bit of a spare parts player for them. So, yeah, you just really need to focus on on guys that have that really sort of lockdown role who will just do that week in week out because um, it will guarantee you a, a you know a pretty high floor. Um, you know, they might not score tons every week, but they might get you a, an eighty or a ninety at worst, and that's and that's still pretty good. Um, Mid prices was one for me as well this year. So um, I started with guys like Liam Jones, Jacob Hopper, Finn Callahan. Um, they all probably got me into a bit of a pickle at some point or another just because they either got injured or they didn't perform as well as I would have hoped for. So I think Liam Jones, remember, he scored five in the first round and that was a bit of a disaster for everyone who, <laughs> who started him. So, um, yeah, just be, be more selective of those guys and um, it, it just ties into that first point that role is king, um, you know, I think all those guys probably. I mean, Hopper was probably one who was. Yep, he's going to be inside mid. He'll be. He'll be right. But um, probably Jones and Callahan. Their role was a little bit suspect in hindsight. So I probably would have steered clear of those guys. I've had my time over again. And then the last one that I found was just really struggled finding cash from from rookies this year. Um, I missed probably the the really obvious ones at the start of the year, and I should have focused on trading out rookies, even if they were playing rookies to the guys who were going to make the most cash. So, um, for example, an Alwyn David Jr., trade him out for Kay Chandler before Kay Chandler jumps up in price. Or, you know, jump on a Bailey Humphrey when he pumps out his first big score without being the sub. Or Samson Ryan when he um, was taking over from Nank for that sort of seven or eight-week stretch when um, Nank was injured and, and wasn't in the team. There's just those sort of guys I missed who basically meant they were the difference between getting a Jack Steele or a Callum Mills and a top liner like Petrarca yeah. or Oliver or Sicily or one of these guys later in the season to really round out my team. So um, my ranking's been not too bad, but I feel like if I had jumped on one or two of those really gun rookies, I'd be potentially you know around about where Nico is maybe or, or maybe even a little bit higher um, perhaps. So I think overall my trade strategy was good, but yeah. Injuries at the wrong time and, and just missed a few rookies along the way. And that's really all it takes, to be honest, to burn through six, seven, eight trades without even really thinking about it. 
Very good, Bandit. Nice one, boys. I'm going to need to write those ones down because I need some help next season. Uh, really appreciate that one. Uh, the other one that I want to talk about is just to quickly find out what your best and your worst moves of the season are. I've already done this in my articles over on the SC Playbook website, my final says over the last couple of weeks, so I'm not going to rehash mine. Safe to say Briggsy features Nico as one of my best moves of the season. I want to find out firstly what your what your worst move of this season was. Oh. I don't know why you made me do this. Just quite like this. This really like depressed me looking at my trade history. Um, so round four, I boosted out Campbell Chesser to Harry Rouston. Um, and in round ten, I boosted out Harry Rouston to Harry Sharp. Oh, so oh no. that's just that's just resting peace on what I was doing looking at that. Like. <laughs> Like, honestly, there's not even a dollar made there, I don't think. Just boosting in floating donuts. Yeah. Like, just disgusting. <laughs> Utterly disgusting. That is so yeah. funny. And then I don't even have Harry Sharp, so I've used another trade to get him out somehow. Like, I don't even look at that part. So there's three horrible. trades there for, like, no gain. Amazing. I love it. That's perfect. It's going to be hard to top. I mean, I'm surprised Briggsy didn't feature in that one, Nico. The, the Wits trade over Briggsy. You must have been close. Oh, well, I traded both of them in. So, I mean, I've, oh, yeah, I've actually, too. yeah. So I've got, I've got the cash grab, the 200k cash grab is a yeah. bit of a win. Yeah. yeah, that's a win. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We'll chalk that up as a win. What about you, Bandit? Worst of the season. What was it? Um, Worst of the season. Um, I mean, bringing Oliver in for one week and then him doing a hammy probably hurt, but you can't really. Nah, that's just bad luck. That. Um, it was probably a good thing that I just flicked him straight away, to be honest, because I know a lot of people held him for, a lot longer. I traded him straight to Merritt the, the week he did it, so that probably wasn't a bad one in the end. But um, trading Sean Darcy to Darcy Cameron in round three Oof. probably wasn't great because Darcy then um, uh, not Darcy Cameron then did his PCL the following week, and I traded him straight out again. That that, that really hurt. Um, that, <laughs> that sent me back, but especially early in the year when people had you know English and these sorts of guys. I actually corrected Cameron into English the following week, so it actually wasn't too bad, but. Um, yeah, that was a bit of an annoying one. After Darcy, I think, scored 40-odd against North Melbourne in round three, I was like, nah, I've had enough of this spud. Trade into Cameron, who I think blew the doors off against. I can't remember who they played in round three, but I think he scored really well. And then, yeah, the following week, he um, was on track for another decent score and then um, hurt his PCL late in the game and we didn't see him for six weeks. So that was um, that was annoying. Um, and then probably my best trade... Um, Probably either the Oliver to Merritt trade at round 11, straight after Clary did his string against Port, or maybe Rowell to Butters, I reckon, just as a sort of... I was looking for a bit of a correction trade. I had Steel, Mills, and Rowell in my team, and I was like, mm, don't don't really like that. So I, I had to flick one, and uh, yeah, flicked Rowell to, to Butters, and I think that's probably netted me somewhere in the vicinity of 100, 120 points over the last month, I reckon. Butters is been on fire and, and Rouse just been okay. So that's probably been a, a good one. Does Dacos to Newman make the podium? Yeah, that, that'd probably be on the podium as well. Yeah. Yeah. Just need to deliver one more, one more good score, but yeah, he's been um, very solid since I've, I've brought him in. Been fantastic. Nico, what about your good moves? What, what's been the highlights of the year for you? I actually really couldn't find anything. To be oh, honest, come mate. on. You're I'm actually 1300. Hey, 1100. Oh, sorry. 1100. <laughs> <laughs> Got to have a few good moves. I honestly couldn't really see anything. The only thing really that I was like, oh, yeah, that was a pretty good move was Walsh to Butters. Like, and that was a week late. I should have done that a week earlier. And so, 
No, honestly, like it's I'll I'll send you a snapshot of my history. It's terrible. What about yeah. holding? What about holding guys, Nico? Did you hold anyone longer that netted you some more points or cash or anything like that? Uh, Surely you held on to an Ashcroft or a Sheasel or someone like that. I've held on to Sheasel. So I yeah okay I held on to Sheasel and I, and I held on to Day and they've both become proper keepers where it- they were looking like they were probably trade outs at one point. This is all just a big alpha move from Nico trying no, to say he, he hasn't he hasn't had that good of a season. You know, didn't do anything that well. I'm still going to finish in the top thousand. I'm disappointed. Will, I'm going to send you my trade history and <laughs> please tell me what you think. Actually, probably the another podium trade for me was trading in Zebel at round seven for 467k before he scored that 170 or whatever it was. He went on an absolute tear there for four or five weeks. I yeah. jumped on Justin yeah. Con. I that did get nice. Zebel at 350 or something. Yeah. Yeah, so that's a good guess. Oh, you guys have made some great moves this season. I feel I didn't have anything close to that. My moves have been shit house. Uh, here we go again next year. That's the that's the big the best part about Supercoach. We can just go again, uh, boys. It's a huge time of year for content over on the SC Playbook website, especially on the AFL and, and NRL side of things. As we head into the back end of the season, so if you are interested in the SC Playbook subscription package, uh, fifty dollars gets you access to all of our stuff for the for the next twelve months. So that's our NRL, AFL, and BBL Supercoach content. Uh, that means you'll get all of next season as well as this season, uh, which is great stuff over there. We get, you get extra premium articles every week, access to our WhatsApp group chat and lots of other stuff as well. The WhatsApp group, I check it every Sunday morning. I, I tend to not look at it Saturday night and I checked it on Sunday morning. There was about 80 messages in there from people just going on about things. It's great. Just seeing Nico chatting with people, staring up some shit, Charlie having a crack in there. It was lovely. Uh, absolutely love to see it. So if you're keen to get in on that, uh, head over to the SC Playbook website and Take a look at what we're doing over there. Uh, plans this week for the last week of the season, boys. We're all out of trades, so we're not going to not going to bother talking about trades. I desperately, desperately need some help with captains and vice captains because I reckon I've honestly cost myself uh, eight hundred picks, eight hundred points uh, this year uh, with my with my captaincy choices. It's been horrible. Nico, what are you going with? Uh, I am going with. I think I think I can make it work. Bonds. VC against the Cats, so I don't know if you guys caught the news, but Hawkins mm. and Cameron are both out. Did say so that. the dogs are looking like surely they uh, will break their hoodoo. Oh, not surely they just lost to West Coast, but they're a, they're a bit better chance of beating the Cats down the Cattery. Poor um, old Jeremy Cameron owners, just quietly. What a disastrous yeah. back oh, end of the season he's yeah. had. Shocking. Yep. Terrible. Dreadful. Um, hopefully you're looping him, um, but still, yeah. Um, Captain Butters, I'm. I'm He's going to go berserk, I think, Sunday Arvo, the early game, uh, against the Tigers, who generally dish up a lot of points in the mid. So I'm pretty pretty bullish on Zach Butters. And I'm actually quite tempted to um, to even have a flutter on him for, for Charlie or Ooh, try, like and, try and pick up one of his Brownlow predictor cards or something. So, yeah. Interesting. Are you a, are you a card operator? No, guy? not really. But I've been looking for a Nick Dacos rookie card. So I've been... Keeping an eye out. So. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I like it a lot. But it's good value for the uh, for the Charlie, from what I can see over on, a, on our, our friends at Better. Uh, ben, what about you? You've been the, the captaincy specialist on, on the SC Playbook website this year. Uh, what's catching your eye this weekend? Uh, yeah, I think main targets for me this week are players who are still in the hunt, whose teams are still in the hunt to play finals. I think, you know, this week, if, if a team like Essendon, for example, you know, playing Collingwood, where, you know, there's not a lot to play for. They can't make finals. Someone like Merritt, you know, could just dish up a really ordinary score just with, you know, the thought of getting, getting through one more game and then 
than he's done for the year. So probably prioritizing those sorts of players. I did seriously consider just going full rogue and VCing Sheasel against Gold Coast. <laughs> that could be, I know I know that goes completely against Good. what I just said in terms of players playing finals, but um, yeah, just I think with no Zebel in the team, he could just and I don't think Hall's gonna get back in either with Clarko back in the back in the chair. He's not a he's not a Hall lover, so uh, yeah, Sheasel could just he's be injured. Guy. He's injured anyway, I think. Oh, what else is yeah. new? So typical, yeah. Um, yeah, <laughs> so he, he, could a, he could be a really uh, he could be a really left field option for us. But um, yeah, I do like either English or Bont as as VC, and then maybe yeah, Butters or um, oh, we can't do Adelaide players unfortunately because um, Bulldogs and the Crows play at the same time. But um, yeah, maybe even Petrarca or, or Clary against Sydney on on Sunday as well could be could be a decent option as well. Just too many options. That's what's killing me this year, boys. The, the gluttony of choice that we've got, um, it's absolutely slaughtering me. But I look forward to reading your article later this week, Bandit. Uh, now, boys, as you may know, each round of this season, we've been producing an exclusive SC playbook market of our own through Better. Uh, we've got access to integrating official AFL fantasy markets on Better. Uh, the Chief is putting together his multi as we speak. Uh, to follow along with that, you can find the link to it on any of our articles at scplaybook.com.au. Uh, and if you if you do go through those channels, it'll let better know that we sent you. So that would be much appreciated if you are linking have, up your account. Have we established that the chief definitely doesn't work for better? <laughs> I think Not winning multis this year, has it? He's hit one. I think he's been. Season. I think he's been slightly more successful than Nathan Brown over on Sportsbet. Yeah. I was but that's not saying much. Uh, speaking of better though, Nico, as you were speaking, I was having a look at the Brownlow markets. Uh, it's a bit of value, a bit of value in the Brownlow markets. Butters is at seven fifty, Petrarca is at six fifty, and then you got Dacos and Bont at two seventy each. I really like mm. Butters at seven fifty. Yeah, I, yeah, I like him too. If he can go at a three again, which I'm sort of anticipating this weekend, yeah, I think it looks really good. Uh, it's going to be hard. Yeah, I, I, it's, it's it's astonishing to me that um, yeah that they're that long. I, Bond probably just needs one more three voter and he's got it locked up. Probably. Uh, but yeah. yeah, if he doesn't, it's a, it's a wide open field. Uh, what are you really gambling with? Set a deposit limit. For free and confidential support, call 1-800-858-858 or visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Uh, anything else to get to tonight, boys? Nico? Yeah, just, just a quick one. I know we sort of brushed over, um, you know, plans for this week because we none of us have trades. But if you do have a trade, I've, I've written up a bit of an article um, just Love earlier it. today um, about sort of my watch list and what I'd do if I'd have, you know, a, a one-week play. Um, so, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll give it away. I'll, I'll give the, the number one away. Um, so if you can and if you do have one trade, I reckon something that could get you the win would be going a, uh, a Taranto to a Tex. Mm, um, who's yeah, up against, Tex Taylor Walker against West Coast. Yeah, up it's against gonna West Coast. He's going to kick so many goals. They were I just beating him too. Yeah, he needs to kick 10 plus and, and hope Charlie doesn't, you know, doesn't kick a game. couple. So, yeah. Um, but he, yeah, uh, he could be on for a, a monster. Yeah. I absolutely love that one. It's, I mean, you'd have to think the West Coast had their grand final last week. They're going to be checked out. The Crows are going to be angry. Uh, I can see text going absolutely ballistic. I love it, Nico. Uh, check out that article on the SC Playbook website. Boys, thank you for all of your time this evening and this season. Uh, I think we'll probably have one more wrap-up podcast this time next week just to check back on in on everything and how we all went, how the grand final between you and me went uh, goes over the weekend, mm. Nico. So I may speak to you then, but uh, really appreciate your time as always, boys. Uh, I'll speak to you soon.